Hey everyone, welcome to the Worship Artistry Podcast. My name is Jason Houtsma, and with me as always, Mr. Daniel Arnellis. What's up, Daniel? Hey, Jason. How you doing, man? You're doing, I'm doing all right, man. I, uh, you actually, you sound better than last week, even though you're only using iPhone headphones. Did I, did I tell you what happened with the podcast? <laughs> no, tell me, tell me. I want to hear. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure that you were just using your computer audio. And I was like, man, I cannot get Daniel to sound good on this. I don't know what the problem is. And I think, oh the, my God, <laughs> it's so bad. Terrifying. This is way better. Yeah. You sound, you sound much more beautiful this week. Okay, good. I think the content probably matched up with the, with the, with the microphone as well. <laughs> no, <laughs> that was man. pretty spaced out. Oh, no, actually, it was, it was pretty good. I did, I did some editing. I think it all good, made sense good. by the time it was over. <laughs> good. We got some good. Perfect. We got, we got some good comments. It was a good topic. And uh, Okay, great. You're always good fine. News. You're the one that's always fine. I'm the one who always has to edit out my 20-sentence starts that I don't actually finish. <laughs> You're very articulate, man, though. <laughs> <laughs> as long as you just remove half of what I say, it's awesome. Exactly. <laughs> Not at all. Awesome. Cool. What are we talking about today? Well, uh, today we have a we have a special guest. We have uh, someone named Phil Wickham. I don't know if you're familiar with him. Heard of him? He's got he's got, <laughs> he's got a few songs out there. Uh, oh yeah. And an, and an, and an incredible voice. And we actually had a really good conversation. Um, we got to just kind of talk through a just kind of the songwriting process and just kind of how these things, you know, obviously, you know, Phil's done, this is amazing. Grace was a huge song for him. Uh, Living hope is out now, mm-hmm. which is, which is blowing up. That one's hugely popular on the site and it's just a great mm-hmm. congregational tune. And, and Phil's, yeah. Phil's a cool guy. Cause he has a real heart for, yeah. Well, let's put it this way. He has a ton of talent. Like he could sing whatever he wants. The guy's yeah, got, exactly the range that is incredible and at the same time he has a real heart for writing songs that we can sing with in church and and making those accessible like for basically every album he does he'll do a an acoustic rendition where everyone just sings along and it, he calls them sing-alongs and i'm like that wow. it, that's a beautiful thing that's awesome so that's really really cool yeah so it's a great interview we're gonna and i know you're you're about to hop a plane to brazil am i correct that's correct yep all right. Well, we'll keep this one pretty short. We'll come back and remember mail on the uh, on the back of the interview. Very cool. Hey, Phil. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me on. Well, uh, you know, I, I feel like I know you just from the amount of songs that we've done of yours. We've done, uh, you know, at your name. Uh, this is amazing, Grace. Doxology. Uh, we just did Living Hope. The the list goes on, and I and I have to tell you, I've spent a lot of time with you. Those are not always the easiest songs to dissect. <laughs> well, I, I we try to make them kind of easy. Some some of them are easier than others, but I appreciate you guys. I mean, it's so cool. I love hearing about people leading the songs and making them a part of their community. It's really is no greater honor to me than that. Well, I'd love to ask you about that actually. So, and and really, how you find that balance? Um, you know. The way people hear songs right now, they, they, they come from a, a record or they hear them on the radio or on the internet or wherever they happen to find them. And so it's so important that that catches your ear right off the bat, right? Like you want to be able to hear something and it's got to, it's got to sound great to your ear. And you've managed to somehow like create these, this beautiful production. Your, your vocals are always so strong. Um, and yet somehow people hear that song and they go, I want to do this song at my church and they're, and they're able to do it. Can you tell me a little bit about the process kind of where it goes from writing to producing and how you how you meld those things together 
Wow. I mean, that's a, that's a big question in some senses, you know, uh, I feel like I could talk for an hour just about, about this <laughs> because it, because every song has its own story, you know? And, uh, and so I think it really does start, you, you just, it does start with the song that is, that is, that's something you believe in, you know? And I found that to find, to find a song that is something you believe in and that is working in your church, like it really does start with a moment, this, this really special moment of inspiration that I call like the anchor of a song, you know? And mm. it's some, it's something that I, I still have yet to find can be like created, you know, like, uh, it's something I just have to wait for in my life. Like, um, I, sometimes I view it as, you know, God and, and our, our revelation of him, our vision of him, like picture it as like a, like a beautiful giant diamond, you know, and, and, uh, and then picture like a thousand different colored lights, like all shining in on this diamond and like every new little revelation, whether it's about the cross or our hope in him or, um, eternity or heaven or, his spirit moving or his kingdom coming to your church, whatever it is, um, you know, as, as we go through new experiences and our, our hearts are, are, are growing in capacity to understand him and to receive his love, you know, like, um, then we start seeing, um, things that we've seen our whole life. Maybe it's, let's take the cross for instance. Like we've always, I've known about the cross my whole life, you know, um, but may, maybe I'm reading a book or maybe I'm watching Lord of the Rings or maybe, <laughs> Or maybe I'm at, at church, or, or maybe I'm singing another song, but something just hits me like I've never understood the idea of Jesus dying on the cross in that way or to that capacity. And your heart just kind of lights up um, with, a, with a new, bigger version of the same truth, you know? And mm-hmm. I call that like the moment of inspiration where like that diamond with all those lights, like a new, like it just kind of shifted a little bit, and but then all those lights just start even with one little shift, like the prism of color and beauty all over the room changes, you know, from all those different direction reflections, like, wow, I see this truth in a different way. And, and then for that's happening to every Christian, you know, all the time, you know, maybe mm-hmm. they, they couldn't ha- see the love of Christ, the love of the father, the same way until they had a child. And now they're a father themselves or a mother themselves. And now they can relate to God in a special new way. And so, wow, this is amazing. But for us as worship leaders and songwriters, it doesn't just stop at, wow, this is amazing, but it's, it goes, wow, this is amazing. And then the next time you pick up your guitar or sit at your piano, you think, man, that when I, I thought of the, this idea of a father giving up his child, I mean, I love my children so much. And then, but I think of a fa- the father giving up his son for us to, to bear all of our weight so that he could call us his sons and daughters too. Like that, that's a bigger meaning than I ever knew possible. And, and so then you start saying, thinking like, okay, where's the song in that, you know? And, 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 uh, so I'm going to kind of, so carrying you through the whole journey of like, really it starts with a song that means something to you mm-hmm. that, that, fe- um, and so you have this, this idea in your, this little, it's like this foggy idea of like, I want to write a song about this, the cross and the, and the father giving up his son. It's like, but so you can make me a son and daughter. And so then you start asking questions like, well, why does that, why is that amazing to me? Why, why did that light my heart up? It's like, well, the king of all the universe um, gave up his perfect son um, because he views, he values me. Like, wow, you value me. You see me um, the way, wow, you see me. Like you, uh, maybe it's, maybe it's something about how, maybe I want to write the truth about God. You had the way you see me, the way 
the way you envision me. Like maybe, maybe it, then you start to go like, well, before I was even saved, like you still saw the end result. Like you don't see the past. You see the beautiful thing you can make. Like, so then it's like, wow, like you're, you're always looking forward. Like, and then it's like, whoa, maybe that's my title looking forward, you know? And it's like, are you, are, you know? And then, and so you're like, okay, you know, and this is, and this is probably going to be a bad song right here, right now, but I'm just, just, just like, <laughs> so you, or you see, you see, like you see what I've been, but you, or you see, I see who I've been, but you see what I, what I'm going to be like, um, or you, you, I see the past, but you, 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 you make the, you, you're the God. Of, oh, they're God of the future, man. God of my future. There, that's a great title. And it's, then you go to the course. It's like, like, it's not about what I've been. It's all about what you've done. It's not about what I've, you know, it's that it's only because of your love. Like do the cross. You made a way. You're the God who sees my future. You're the God who of all my, you know, whatever it is, you know, and, but you, so, so this this moment of inspiration then you, has become a title or an, a theme or an idea, and then it's like awesome. I have always this moment, this spark of beautiful inspiration in my heart, and I've got like a vision of what this inspiration should become. It's going to be about the God who sees or the God of of my future, you know, and uh, and uh, and so it's like okay, I've got a title, I've got inspiration. Now I'm going to just work and work and work and rewrite and rewrite and show my friends and listen to them tell me how bad it is. And so then I'm going to rewrite it again. I'm going to play it at church. And then my church is going to just stare at me because the chorus isn't singable enough. So then I'm going to rewrite the (laughs) chorus. You know what I mean? And then ultimately, if you chase it long enough, and it was something special enough at the beginning, you have this really beautiful song that works in your church, that now it's like, okay, I believe in this. It works. It has a, has a real solid anchor that we, the whole thing was built around and now we got to make it work on in the studio, you know? And so then it's a whole nother process of like getting the right people in the studio to understand the initial vision to say, Hey, this is the way we do it at church. Um, and so then when people, when the drummer comes and says, no, I can have a really cool beat I could do over the chorus. You say, you know what? It is cool, but I just want this to work at church. Like it did. And I don't want people to look at the drummer right now at this chorus. I just want people to focus on what's being said. So, even though that's cooler than what we're doing, like let's stick to the vision of the song, you know? And so I think it all, what I'm ultimately saying is that it's about up to like the worship leader who's writing the song um, to have a real clear, um, awesome, strong vision for the song and carry that through all the way to the end and be brave enough to rewrite, to be brave enough to take criticism and also be brave enough to push back when people are, are trying to say, no, this other vision is better or know that it needs to be this or that, you know, like to be, to be brave enough to be like, man, I sense God's has cast vision for this song in my heart and I want to chase after it. So that's a really long answer, but, um, I feel like it's a big question and, uh, hopefully that kind of answers it a little bit. Well, no, that's fantastic. Um, I want to touch a little bit on the church feedback that you mentioned. You know, I, I think a lot of songs that come out, we've talked to different songwriters on this podcast and, you know, a lot of times they're guys that are writing for their, for their, from their personal space or they're writing from, you know, sitting in a writing room and then all they do, they, they record a demo and then they send it out and then it, you know, it kind of hits the pavement and you see what happens. Whereas, um, we, you have this opportunity to write songs and actually get feedback and then change it. Um, how important is that to you in terms of, in terms of your writing process to actually be able to see it go before people and realize, oh man, maybe that note was a little too high or, you know, it turns out that song, turns out like I do, I do that all the time and I'll like sing out a thing. I'm like, I don't think I really know the melody to this part. I think I change right. it every time, you know, and then the church grabs a hold of something. How important is that? 
uh, Man, I have, it's it's with this record I, i'm so bummed that i haven't had it for other records this record i've been last couple years i've been leading regularly at this church in southern california and so to have a, a church body where um the pastor's really excited about new songs coming up from the worship leaders and so we could we could do two new songs he'd be pumped you know in, in one sunday um but we you know we, we would introduce maybe one every every month just to kind of test it out and you know when it just went great and there's just that feeling in your gut of like man i didn't have to sell this it just happened you know mm-hmm. um that's such a great feeling but i would say that's probably half the songs of this record felt like that at church and the other half you know like we get we kind of get off stage and I look at the band and it's like you know what like that took like that took our whole sound check to kind of even like get it feeling good and then the chorus like it just didn't just didn't do in what was in the room didn't do what was in the room that I thought was going to happen in the room mm-hmm. and, uh, and and so then you kind of dissect it like well man you know that chorus felt great you know maybe we just need to you know go back to the drawing board on figuring out how to make the chorus more important with a better verse and a more descriptive verse of why we're singing this chorus. And I think open and letting song, like holding songs with an open hand and not like a closed fist of like, this is my thing from God, or this is my expression to God, but really coming at it. Like this is my, this is just another act of service for my church. And, uh, and if it's not serving the church to the best it possibly can, then I want it to, you know? And, uh, and so it was very, very useful to to have um to have all the songs feeling good in church before I even entered into the studio because there's all this confidence too around the song and around you how you sing it like you're just gonna sing you're gonna sing a song with so much more confidence and power and authority when you know it's already working in your community and when you've already sung it five six seven times and you kind of get where your voice lands in it and you you've already seen what happens to it live so you know where to really push it and you know where to take it chill. And yeah, it's, it's, it was very useful. Very cool. Well, tell me a little bit about, um, about singing, uh, just from the perspective of, I, you know, I was kind of looking through your, your discography. I think that's how you say it. And, yeah. uh, and, uh, you know, <laughs> I love my favorite thing about what you have done over the, your career with your music is how you take these, you have these songs that are these amazing, they're like radio worthy hits they They take off. And then you have these sing-along projects. Can you can you tell me about tell, tell me about where the the impetus for that came from? Well, it was kind of a little bit. I mean, not a total accident, but it it was a little bit of an accident that they even took off these. If people don't know, there's these sing along projects I've put out three. I'm actually planning on recording another one at the beginning of 2019, and uh, it's just me and a guitar and a bunch of people singing along. You know, two three thousand people, depending on which one you listen to, and there's a live there are these live moments, totally unedited one take things. Um, and, and I had been out on a tour where I was, I was asked to come out just solo with me and an acoustic guitar. And man, I thought I was just going to get bowled over by all the big bands on the tour. Um, but I just kind of thought, well, I'll just get out there and just sing to the God and hopefully people connect. And it was around a record I had called cannons and I had no idea, but little pockets here and there of churches had been, picking up these songs from, from this record and started playing them. And, uh, and they were spreading much more than I realized, I guess, because I would come to these concerts and I'd get up on stage thinking, okay, I got to really prove to these people that I'm even worthy of standing on this stage. But I start singing. And then the, like so much of the crowd seemed like already knew the songs and would sing along with me. 
And there were these just really special 30 minute moment on this tour where I was just me and an acoustic guitar and so many people just kind of joining in where I thought, wow, this is special, you know? And so at the end of the tour, I told my producer that had produced the record, I said, Hey, I wish there was a version that people could hear of what's been going on on this tour because it's been really special. Um, but I don't think people would actually want to buy it because it's, it's going to be so cheap and easy and, and maybe we should just give it away for free just to let people know, hey, these songs can be done in a, the front room of a home fellowship if you want with an acoustic guitar. You know, they just mm-hmm. seem to work. And, uh, and so we recorded it, put a couple mics up, mixed it and put it up on my website for free. And man, 200,000 downloads later, we thought, man, maybe something connected here, you know, <laughs> um, this is crazy. And so ever since then, we've, you know, like like you said, I love doing the big productions with the drums and everything but um i think maybe even more so i love getting in a room with a bunch of people and the whole idea of the whole night you know even if you're there with me it's like no moving lights no haze in the room no motion graphics on the screen let's just like keep it simple and sweet um like i i picture invite like my heart is getting on that stage as if all these people have come into my house and we're in the living room and we're just coming together to sing, you know, and and uh, maybe the simplicity of that, like just simple desire is like kind of just God has blessed it or something because it keeps it seems like people keep wanting another another one. So we're going to do another one. That's that's beautiful. I love that. Um, so let me ask you this. So you're, you're clearly like, man, when I when I think about people who are worship leaders, you know, I, I look at you, I look, I hear the way you talk and I go, okay, man, this guy, this, he's a worship leader. Like that's what he is. Now you, you don't like, you don't have to be like, you can be, you, you like, you've got the pipes to do a lot. You've got the songwriting chops to do a lot of things. Why is it that, that worship has grabbed you so clearly? Man, I think because in my soul of soul and my heart of hearts, um, like I've written a lot of, a lot of different kinds of songs and back in the day, you know, was before I got signed with, the, you know, doing what I do now. I was like trying to do the mainstream band thing. And we were writing cool songs and getting some traction and all that. Um, man, like it's just in my heart when I'm when I'm with a group of people singing to Jesus. Like I just have no I have no greater joy and satisfaction as a musician. And then when I when I'm writing a song that gives my church new words and phrases and melodies and and it connects like man i just i would rather i would rather hear my song like hear that hey you're, you this new song is really taken off in churches and it's really being used all over the place that is a much and it's not because i'm super holy or i'm a better christian than other people it's just because i think god has put it in me but that is like oh it brings me way more reward and joy than if someone said hey you're like your new album is up for, you know, rock album of the year for Grammys. You know, I'd be like, Oh, that's cool. You know, but I'd much, I just, it's just in my heart to be, I'm just feel so thankful and rewarded when I get to serve and be a part of the church um, and giving new songs to sing and to lead. It's just, it's just what God has put in my heart to do, you know, even when, you know, cause I've tried to do the other thing and I've put time and effort into the other thing. And maybe there could be a project here and there that can all be counted up as worship, um, but ultimately, the, my main my main desire and goal is to put new songs in the church's hearts to to pour out. Very cool. Well, how do you? Um, 
I always, I'm always curious about this when we have people on is, you know, how, how do you, as somebody who is writing all the time, who is pouring out all the time, who is leading all the time, how do you get poured back into, like, how do you fill that reservoir? Who, how do you do that for yourself? And, and who does that for you? Where do you, where do you find that community? Well, um, that's kind of a twofold answer. One is that I don't, I think when in those true moments of worship, you know, some night, some nights, some gigs, cause I call these kind of things gigs. They just feel like work. You know, when you're, mm-hmm. when you're at a festival and, and it's six o'clock and people are throwing frisbees around and eating hot dogs and you're wondering if anybody's even paying attention, you know, mm-hmm. and you're outside and it's just like, okay, this is, hopefully people are being blessed, you know, but for the most part, what I get to do is being in a room where people, you know, I think most, for the most part, people have come because they've connected with what I do and they're, they're ready to kind of go with me to a place of worship. And man, I, I get off the stage maybe physically tired, but emotionally and spiritually so refreshed. You know, I, mm-hmm. I find refreshment in what I do. Um, I, a lot of times, like I might be going for it, you know, like with my family, like being a dad of four kids and trying to get the business side and getting back to emails and, and, no, you know, no, obviously no harm here, but doing interviews and podcasts and stuff like that, <laughs> you know, like that stuff takes like brain power and, and, you know, it takes energy, um, you know, but like sometimes I just, man, I cannot wait to get up on the stage and just start singing with people and talking about Jesus. Cause it's, it is such a blessing and a beautiful refreshment, you know, but all that being said, um, at the same time, I do have, I do love, I think I get much of filling up just being with my kids being with my wife you know again it's physically probably the most exhausting thing i do um <laughs> all my kids are under seven years old i've got four of them oh my goodness um, but at the same time like i know but at the same time um like go like resting my head on a pillow after a day of just going to the park and grilling out and family coming over i mean it's just and you know and i'm so thankful everybody loves jesus in my in my close-knit group and it just we just end up started just not deliberately, but Jesus just gets talked about and glorified, you know, and uh and that's what we pray would happen in our house and and there's also a small um a new church plant in Encinitas, California that um I'm good friends with the pastor and it's a really sweet thing happening there and we we started to go there and it's I just feel like it's it's so small that it's like um you can't, it's not a church that you can hide in, you know, mm-hmm. it's not, a, not a church you walk into and sit in the middle row and no one notices you came in. I mean, it's, it's small, you know, and, and beautiful and, uh, and challenging, you know, um, because it's like, wow, like you, you can't, you can't just be a, it's not like a social club church, you know, mm-hmm. where it's like, where you come in and, and, and you just kind of consume and leave, but it's like, you got to invest and be part of it. And all the, if you don't, if you don't recognize someone, you, it's weird to not say, Hey, who are you? I haven't seen you around here before, you know, and hang out and talk. And, you know, if people go to the front for prayer after the service, then everybody sees that you went to front for prayer. So just, it's kind of like this challenge, like a church. I've never really, I grew up going to giant churches, you know, my whole life. And so to be a part of this and see my family's kind of experience the kingdom of God in this way, um, it's been really beautiful. That's yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I, I, I actually my church is is a very similar scenario, and it's yeah, it is so life giving. It's just you know you can't you can't hide. It's it's pretty awesome. Um, so okay, let me uh, 
let me finish up with this. So let, let's actually kind of come full circle. I want to come back to your to your latest stuff now. So your uh, your new record, Living Hope. Um, obviously, title song is beautiful. It's taken off. People are are gravitating towards it. It was a heck of a lot of work, man. There was like six or seven guitar <laughs> tracks in there or something. I was like, ah. But uh, we got it done. We got it done, and it actually came out really beautiful, beautifully. But um. Tell me a little bit about how this album is is different from some of your your previous experiences. I think one of the biggest differences, well, two of the biggest differences, is one of them. I, uh, I I've been working with the same producer my whole life on every record, and this time I just felt like God wanted to was doing a new thing. Um, and I'll go into what I'm talking about in a second, but it just felt like he was doing a new thing with the songs and where the songs were coming from and. It just felt it got to a point in my heart where I felt like it was disobedient just to go down all the same routes again. Like I feel like I would even though I didn't I didn't have other people I wanted to work with or other vision of like I want to do it this way. It just felt like God wanted to do something different. And and it was a little bit nerve wracking for me because I was very I felt very safe and confident in the way we've been doing it. But this time around, I just thought I just felt God was saying, hey, like these are these are not your songs. These are songs for the church. Like. And you need to hold them with an open hand because of that. Like not this closed fisted, these, I'm the artist and these are my songs. Um, but you know, with an open hand, you know, like I felt like from the very beginning, like these songs are songs to serve and not to express, not to express my heart, but they're songs to serve the church and to serve the listener, you know? And so I think like with that heart of just kind of going into this whole record of like with this vision of, I think every other record, um, and I don't think it's even a selfish thing. It's a way that I think a lot of times you should come to a record. It's like, what's what's God showing me? What's my expression? What's my unique voice? And I want to put that on record. And this kind of was more like, what is God doing in my community, in my church? And and then with, the, with my kind of like growing group of peers and friends that are writers and talented, anointed worship leaders, it's like, man, whoever wants to offer any input, like it's open-handedness. So so because of that, um, I don't think I had one like real sit down co-write where we had it on the books, like we're going to co-write, you know? Um, but every, there was 19 writers, there's been 19 writers on this record and every song that was co-written was written like with, with just like, Hey, we're in the same room. I've got this idea. You want to run with it? And then I get a text back like, Hey, I've got some verses or Brian Johnson sent me this voice memo over text saying, Hey, I've got this idea. And it ended up being the song called Living Hope, you know, after about 200 texts back and forth to each other. Um, and then I was on a tour with Chris Tomlin and I showed him this song called Wild River. And he's like, it's beautiful. And what, what if you did this with the verses? And then we finished the verse, the song right there. And then he's a writer on the song, you know? So it's just like, um, that's that's how so much of this record came together. And so, um, and all of these songs, so many of them were begun to serve my local church. And my, uh, I've been leading at Harvest Christian Fellowship once um one week in a month and one one midweek a month um and i've been working a lot with greg laurie who's the pastor of that church and and so it was so cool to have a church to bring these new songs to and like to lead with them and uh, in a way kind of test them out you know like hey these songs are for the church let's see if it works and half the time it's like wow this is this is working so great another half is like okay this needs to be rewritten something didn't feel <laughs> great you know yeah um and, and i've never had that 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 was such a giant part of casting of of me understanding these songs and knowing what they should be before I even went into the studio, um, I think that was probably the single thing that made these songs as strong as, as even well, if, whether they're strong or not, like they were weaker before it, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, 
and so to have that kind of sounding board of like, okay, I'm going to play this in front of this church of 2000 people here right now. Let's see if it works, you know? And, and, uh, and sometimes they would, sometimes it wouldn't be that great. And so then to have that, um, to have that feedback was so crucial to getting the songs where they needed to be. And also to keeping the songs where they should be in the studio and not getting carried away with cool synth sounds or cool drum parts when it didn't need it, but just really like, saying these songs are songs to serve, so let's keep that vision going, even with um, with what we're doing here in the studio. Awesome. Well, it, it does it does really resonate. It sounds like you uh, you definitely achieved your goal. So, uh, man, thank you so much for taking the time to hang out with us. Um, I love I just love I love hearing your heart, and it makes me want to just dig into your stuff even more. And uh, I really appreciate your time. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for your time, and uh, God bless you guys. All right, thanks, man. That's crazy, man. What a talent and he's so he's so good at writing obviously and like you said um you know he's one of those guys that you just you want to hear him sing every time he picks up a microphone you're like sing this is amazing he's just got such an incredible voice and uh, him and leland leland is another one that's just got the one of those voices he can literally sing anything he wants to sing um it's just so cool uh, like a real artist you know there's, there's some people that write good songs and they sing these worship songs and there's other people that you just, I could listen to the record, you know, it's really, really cool. Oh yeah. I'm actually, I actually met Phil at his dad's church and uh, we used to go and play there with 363. Um, it was Maranatha Chapel down in San Diego long before Phil got signed. Uh, and he was just a kid leading worship one night um, with his dad that he hadn't even, I think he'd made an EP, like a, like a demo. And I was like, man, this kid's really got something. And I went to his dad and his dad was like, yeah, I've got an, an EP. And he sent it to me in Nashville. He said, um, he's, I said, I'd love to hear your, your his music. So they said, yeah, he's got some songs that he's written. And uh, most people, would, that would be the end of the conversation. But his dad's like championed him and sent the record to me. And then it was like a month later and I was talking to Otto Price, who was with A&R for Word. And he was like, have you heard of Phil Wickham? And I was talking to another guy and he's like, have you heard of Phil Wickham? And it was just a matter of time, boy. And uh, and he got found out, and because he was pulling so many kids to his shows in in California, yeah. So it's he's always the guy using it as an example for people that are songwriters and saying you don't have to move to Nashville to try and do it. Just do what you do where you live in your local church. Write the songs you write, and if the songs are great, and if uh, and if you you know if what you're doing causes something to happen, it'll make its way to where it needs to be. Totally. Well, and it's funny because uh, my band actually open Phil we opened with Phil Wickham like we were the two openers at George Fox University for Starfield like way back in the day and so we <laughs> spent a bunch of time like Phil was so shy and like quiet and stuff but it was like you just like a sweet soul about him and yeah. so it's it's cool it's cool that he's like still so down to earth and and does some really neat neat stuff so yeah and for those of you that don't know about his brother Evan Wickham you need to check him out as well he's also a really prolific worship songwriter and also a great talent a really really cool cool dude Awesome. Well, Daniel, what time is it? I think it's about 11.45. No, you've already already (laughs) done that one before. Come on, man. Come on. Some new material. Okay. It's member mail time. Hit it. Today's member mail comes to us from Lisa. It says, hey guys, love the last episode of last season on the teeny room and have been listening all summer. It's been a great way to set my heart and mind right for the day. When can we expect more episodes? That's uh, what you want. 
Yes. That's what you. That's what you want to hear. Yeah. I have no. I have no comment. This is all on you, my friend. <laughs> well, it's it's funny that she's asking that because I. So I started. The tuning room was awesome. Actually, I really enjoyed doing it. I had planned on doing eight episodes. I think I ended up doing something like thirteen. And then wow. I and uh, and feedback was great. A lot of people were listening. I mean, we did. I, I counted it up the other day. I did over. I did about twenty-five songs. Wow, like, that's all, like, amazing! Throughout the summer, just kind of leading these little worship times, and it was cool. Like some people wanted to use them in their church, and it was really neat. Um, so, you know, fast forward now, and I'm like, oh, you know, I should try and keep this thing going. And then I went to Nashville. And I didn't get one done before then. And then I went the next, you know, then we came back and I've been editing and just doing a whole lot more stuff. We started this podcast and I was like, I'm a terrible person. I put it out weekly. And then I hit this time when I got really busy and I just, I didn't space it. I didn't forget about it, but I didn't communicate about it either. I just stopped. So, so it was cool because I came back from Nashville and had like a bunch of emails. Like, where's the tuning room? I was like, ah, yes. <laughs> um, so that was great. All like really positive stuff, but, um, but odd to say is uh, they they are a lot of work. I love doing them. They are a lot of work to like really get them to something that's listenable and uh, and that that you know the whole thing. It's just a lot of thought goes into it. Um, yeah, of I've, course. And, and they've got to perform and all that kind of stuff as well and make it feel great. Yeah, like like I yeah exactly. Like I I still do it by myself all the time. I just don't have the microphones going. Um, so all that to say is. I'm hoping to bring it back here and there when I feel like I actually have something to say or to, to offer. You know, there's, there, we go through seasons of life and sometimes it's really busy and, you know, you're kind of running around and doing things and it's everything to just kind of keep my head afloat. Mm-hmm. Um, it's another one I'm like, man, I really have something that I can offer to this and I, like, I want to do it. So rather than having it be a weekly thing for this next season of life, it's going to be more like a, oh, Here's an episode here. Here's an episode there. So it will come out again. Um, man, we actually just introduced a new song at my church that I'd love to do on the tuning room because it's uh, yeah, it was it was awesome. It was, like it, I'm super into it. So one, when do we get when do we get to hear the song you wrote with Michael? Oh, uh, that is going to come out. Oh man, that's exciting. But we'll we'll talk about that another time. Okay, good. We'll talk, <laughs> we, we, we actually we actually have Michael Farron on the podcast next week, so maybe it'll come okay, out. Okay, cool. But, um, but yeah, so anyway, so there will be some stuff uh, coming out and I appreciate everyone's patience and understanding of how crazy hectic things, but you know, worship artistry podcast that also takes up a lot of time too. And, you know, doing lessons and all the new things that we're kind of launching into here. So anyway, Lisa, thank you so much for inquiring about it. I really appreciate it. I'm glad you enjoy the podcast. I'm glad it's meaningful to you and, uh, don't give up on it. It's come back. Um, if you haven't checked out the tuning room, there's like 13 episodes up there. So you can always, always go ahead and just listen to them again. Cause that's basically what I'd be doing at this point. Like, well, I'll uh, do this song and this song and this song again. <laughs> you know? That's great. So I only have so many, you know, songs worth actually recording. Ah, they're going to be more. There's going to be more. I like that you haven't put pressure on it to be a weekly thing. Cause then we'll just hear songs that you just churning out just to have to have a song. Sometimes they need time to like just be be at the right time. Am I right? Oh yeah. I mean, well, the the song that I actually just I wrote this week it was specifically about something that was going on in my church, and I was like, I was thinking of a couple people while I was writing it, just like this is something for them to sing. So it was really cool to be able to introduce that and 
and see the effect that it had on on folks and see the community rally around these people and everything is is very cool so awesome. i like i like to stay in that zone rather than the let me crank out 10 songs this week zone yeah that's good so, perfect man all right. Well, hey, if uh, if you have a question for us, they can be about anything. It's cool that that one was about the tuning room, but you can ask us about music things, church things, worship team things, uh, sports things. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <It's> surfing. <laughs> whatever, whatever, whatever you want, and, uh, and we, we're we're happy to chat about them. You can email us support at worshipartistry.com. Or you can also hit us up on our Facebook. Uh, it's facebook.com slash worshipartistry. And uh, we'll be happy to do it. Just give us your name. We appreciate it when you give us your name so we can say who it's from. And um, if you want awesome tutorials on worship songs, you should check out worshipartistry.com. Uh, you can sign up for a free account. Get three songs of your choice from our catalog of like 500 or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, it's, it's, it's well worth the time. Daniel, enjoy Brazil. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. We'll see you when we get back. Awesome. Chat to you later.